Today is the fifth Sunday, which means we're going to invite them up and they're going to participate. If you want to, if you're under the age of 40, I have 13 chairs up here, um, and you consider yourself a kid-ish, come on up. I see a couple out there. Don't be scared. Um, I told Thea I wouldn't bite, and I, I won't. Just spread on out. While they're coming up, uh, if you didn't know any of those songs on the worship set, we actually are sending out the worship set on Thursdays via email. So if you're not on that email list, grab a connection card, uh, put your email on there, let us know you want to be on that. That last song was in Shrek? It was. <laughs> it was in Shrek, yes. Uh, also, a shout out to Joel, who's watching at home online. He sent in that Lazarus, the raising of Lazarus, is another good text that could have been preached on today. All right, all right. All right, not a trick question. So I'm going to talk to the kids mostly today. Hopefully, you adults get something out of it also. I, I think you will. But uh, not a trick question, kids. Today's October 31st, which makes it what? What day is it? Halloween. Yes, indeed. Are you coming to Trunk or Treat tonight? Some of you, yes. Some of you, no. Are you going trick-or-treating tonight? Yeah. yeah. What, are you, what are you dressing up as? Maleficent. Maleficent. Oh. Sweet. Vampire. Vampire, okay. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see. <laughs> that so works. Yeah, okay. A stormtrooper. Awesome. Yeah. Chewbacca. Can you make the noise? No. I'm not... <laughs> We've got people listening online, so I'm not going to try and make the noise either, all right? I am coming to Trunk or Treat. I am dressing up as well. I'm not going to tell you as what, but you have to come and see if you can figure out who I am. Now, let me let you in on a little secret. When I was your age and all the way up until my age, I have not been a fan of Halloween. I know. You got all the Halloween fans go, boo. Yeah, I know. I just haven't. See, because when I was your guys' age, I thought Halloween was all about blood and guts and arms getting cut off and things like that. And all the, all the people that always dressed up, <laughs> Connie shaking her head at me, I, I, that's what I thought they dressed up as. But, you know, things like Chewbacca or a stormtrooper or Maleficent, just like that word, Maleficent, uh, those aren't very scary, are they? No, but I didn't know that growing up. I always thought of Halloween as a scary and confusing holiday. This last week, I was reading some uh, in the Bible, and I found a text, uh, a story that sounds like it should be in a Halloween movie, all right? one that maybe your parents won't let you, let you watch yet. And we're going to look at that story today, but before we do, I'm going to pray, all right? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that uh, you invited the kids to come to you. Uh, and that can mean all of us, Lord, coming with a childlike heart. Uh, but I also think it means literal. I uh, thank you that I have a chance this morning to talk with the young people. And I pray that my words will be said in such a way that they understand and that uh, what is said also becomes new and fresh for us uh, who are over the age of kids. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, my wife asked me yesterday, what's, what's the one point of my message? And here's the one point. I'm going to help you guys understand a big scary word, sacrament. Oh, wait, I know what sacrifice means, but not sacrament. Yeah, you know what sacrifice means, but not sacrament. Sac say that with me. Sacrament. sacrament. Yeah, very good. All the adults, too, say it with me. Sacrament. All right. That is, sometimes when I say big words in church, uh, people get a little uncomfortable. They're like, what does that mean? Maybe they get a little bit scared. But let me tell you that a sacrament... Yes, Thea. 
Oh, she was helping you too. For you already know what it is, yeah, because you helped. A sacrament is very simply this, okay? It's something earthy that you can taste, touch, smell, or feel that points towards something spiritual, something heavenly, something of God, something holy, okay? So if I say sacrament, I want you guys to make a scary face, like, like you're scared, anytime throughout the rest of the, the sermon, okay? So if I say sacrament, you got to look scared. Sacrament? Okay, good. Very good. Uh, adults, try and keep up, all right? <laughs> The sacrament is simply something earthy that you can taste, touch, feel, smell, and it points towards something holy and religious and points towards God. Last week, we looked at the sacrament of baptism. Okay, well done. You made the scary face. I love it. Last week, we, we looked at the sacrament of baptism. Anybody remember who was baptized? You two remember. Very good. We baptized Tane. And Thorin last week. It was a fantastic service. This morning we look at the other sacrament that Jesus tells us to practice, the sacrament of communion. Uh, raise your hand if you know what communion is. Okay, for those that don't and for the adults who did not raise their hand, quite simply, a sacrament member is something earthy. So bread or juice that you can taste, touch, smell, or feel that points us towards something holy, something spiritual. Uh, the reality of our sins being forgiven, the reality of, of Christ loving us so much. So we're going to be looking at that today, which led me to a story in here that when I read it, I thought, wow, that should end up in a Halloween movie. Adults, if you've got a Bible or those watching online, go ahead and turn your Bible app to John chapter 6. All right, as your parents are turning to that, let me give you a little uh, backstory. A few days before this took place, actually one day before this story takes place, Jesus fed a whole bunch of people like 5,000 guys, and then their wives, and then their kids. So who knows? Maybe it was 10,000, maybe it was 12,000. It was a whole bunch. Yes? So more like 20, maybe more like 20,000. Yeah, a lot of people. All right? And then at the end of the time that, that he fed them, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and the disciples waited around by the water to get into the boats. But it got dark, and they didn't want to wait any longer, so they got in the boats, and they left. They left Jesus in the hills. Well, it got really stormy. And they got really scared, and this is the story where Jesus walks on the water to them in the boat. He gets in the boat, the water calms, and then the next morning, the people who got fed the day before were looking around like, where's Jesus? We didn't see him leaving the boats. So they tracked him down, and they found him, and Jesus started having this conversation with them about why they were coming to him. Was it because they wanted another free lunch, or was it because they wanted to follow him? And that is where he says something that just is like, oh my goodness, that ends up being a movie on October 31st. Listen to this, okay? This is John chapter 6, verse 53 to 58. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. What? 
That's it. Thank you. You say that nice and loud for everybody to hear. It's kind of gross. Yes. Scary, confusing, all those things. I mean, it sounds like a movie that your parents wouldn't let you watch on Halloween. Absolutely. What in the world did Jesus mean when he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot have eternal life? Do you, do you think it meant that he wanted you to come take a bite out of his arm? Do you think that after you took that bite, you'd get a cup and you'd let it just kind of drip in there and you'd... Yeah, it sounds like a movie your brother would watch. That's the type of movie that made me scared of Halloween. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But listen, Jesus is trying to tell us something this morning. He's trying to tell us something like this. So let me, let me read the text one more time, and then we're going to talk about two things in the text. We're going to keep it real simple today. John chapter 6, verse 53 to 58. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is the true food, and my blood is true drink. And anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. And in the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as our ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. All right. What's the big churchy word that we're talking about today? Sacrament. Sacrament. Good job, Silas. That was a good, scary face. Sacrament. We're going to talk about two things that point towards sacrament today. One, Jesus talks about eating flesh, and two, talks about drinking blood. Let's start with the flesh part. All right. At the end of the passage, I hope there's not a picture of flesh up there. <laughs> good bread, too. Croissants. It's very good bread. All right. At the end of the story, Jesus said, I am the true bread from heaven. Have you ever looked outside your window during a rainstorm and seen bread falling from heaven? <laughs> Haven't either. Haven't either. So what's he talking about? Well, Jesus is telling a story to the people who are listening to him that day that they would have recognized. He was telling the story about the Israelites in Egypt when God saved them. They were slaves. He saved them, set them free, and then they ended up not being willing to go and take the land that God told them that he would help them take. So they had to wander around in the desert for a long time, for 40 years. And when you're wandering in the desert, walking around, what do you get? Hungry, great answer. I'm so glad you're sitting in the front row. You are fantastic. My goodness, I hope. Can I take you to lunch today? Wait, you and your parents. I already am taking you. Yeah. What did you say? Hungry? They get, they get hungry. Well, they get thirsty. We're going to come back to that. Hungry. All right? The people started complaining. They started whining and moaning because they didn't have the same food that they had back in Egypt. And God finally got, well, he got tired of it and said, fine, I'll give you something. I'm going to give you something unique. I'm going to give you special, something special. I'm going to give you something that you never had before. All right, this is Exodus chapter 16, verse 14. When the dew disappeared later in the morning, so when they woke up in their tents, and kind of like this morning when you're coming to church and there was dew on the ground, when the dew disappeared in the, later in the morning, thin flakes, white like frost, covered the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it, they asked. And I asked you guys the same question. What, what is it? Snow. Well, snow in a desert? Bread. Hmm. 
Anything, yes, God can make anything happen. Bread of some form. So, well, when the dew disappears, maybe it has something to do with the dew? That should be a, that should be a commercial for like an a energy drink, do the dew. Sorry, older people will recognize that. Well, let me tell you what I think it was, okay? I think it was Holy Frosted Flakes. I mean, seriously, come on now, it's a big box. I think, well, Tony the Tiger wasn't there, but I think it was Holy Frosted Flakes. In fact, I brought some for you. Miss Connie's going to help me hand them out. Um, in fact, I'm going to have you help hand them out too, okay? Just make sure everybody gets one full bag, and you guys go ahead and eat this. Adults that are under 40, you're now wishing to yourself, thinking, I wish I would have gone up front. <laughs> Tim did. Make sure Tim gets some Frosted Flakes. <laughs> All right, everybody got one? He says he's under 40, right? He is under 40. You got one? Your mom's under 40? Lunch, I'm buying. <laughs> All right, you guys go ahead. Go ahead. You can eat it. All right, because I'm going to keep talking. Once you're done eating, go ahead and put your mask back up. All right? Exodus chapter 16, verse 31 says this. In time, the food became known as manna. Manna, which actually means, what is it? All right, that's what it means. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey cakes. A little bit like holy frosted flakes, right? All right, here's another passage that talks about manna. Psalm chapter 78. And I want you to listen closely because I want you to see if you heard anything in our John 6 text that sounds familiar to this. Psalm 78, verse 23 to 25. God commanded the skies to open. He opened the doors of heaven and rained down manna for them to eat. God gave them bread from heaven. God gave them bread from heaven. They ate the food of angels. God gave them all they could hold every day for 40 years, except for the Sabbath day, which God would give double the day before, all right? So six days a week, God would rain down, however it looked, holy frosted flakes, manna, on the ground, and the people would eat it. On, well, they'd eat it on the Sabbath that they collected the day before, but they'd also eat it every day. Now, they also ate quail, but that's a different story. Yes, Tane? So, they, did they make um, frosted flakes <laughs> Well, I, you know what? I don't know, and I'm fine saying that. All right, so I'm going to keep going. Good. You are smart. I'm going to learn a few things from you today at lunch, all right? Perfect. McCade, last question then? Or comment? Don't you think they'd get sick of it after a while? <laughs> Don't you think they'd get sick of it? When you get home, open up the Bible, go to Exodus 16, and just keep reading. <laughs> You're going to see that they got sick of it. Yes, indeed. I don't know how anybody could get sick of Frosted Flakes. But, listen, God provided for them. It was their nourishment. It was their food. It was their sustenance, which is a big way of saying it was what they needed to survive. Oh, another big word. Yep, another big word. Like sacrament. Um, in our verses today, you remember what Jesus said? Something very similar to what was said in Psalm 78. He said, I am the true bread from heaven, which is what Psalm 78 said. 
Now, in this particular text, remember, Jesus was talking to a crowd of people who came back for a second meal, and he, he shifts their desire for a second meal to something holy. So we're talking about sacraments, something earthy that you can taste, touch, smell, feel, and pointing towards something holy. All right, so Jesus does that. He starts talking about the important things that matter. And he mentions true bread from heaven because he would have known, the people would have known, the story of the manna. And they would have made that connection. And then Jesus starts talking about the people who feed on him, feed on him, which again, yes, kind of confusing, kind of like, what? But then it starts making sense. If you think about what the manna did for the Israelites wandering around the desert, it provided exactly what they needed. I'll come back to you, team. It provided their nourishment. Jesus is saying, I provide your nourishment. I provide what you need every day. I provide sustenance for you. Something tangible pointing towards something spiritual. I love that Jesus uses something that those people would have known, the story they would have known, and points towards something that he was trying to teach them. He did that again. Oh, good. You guys still got manna that you're eating on. Yes, indeed. He did that again when he was talking about blood. Now, you guys told me you didn't think that uh, Jesus meant take a cup and if he got, you know, popped in the nose or something to save it and drink it, right? And <laughs> I just lost your appetite. Sorry. <laughs> you didn't. But, but Jesus says this in John six fifty six: All who eat my flesh and drink my blood remain in me and I in them. Drink my blood. Several times he said that today. Now, any time that he says something that we get kind of confused about, imagine how confused the people listening would have been. They would have been really confused and maybe even a little bit scared because here's this guy who's telling them to do something that God told them not to do. God had told the Israelite people over and over and over, do not drink blood. Don't eat meat that has blood in it. The blood is the life of the animal. Don't do that. And then Jesus, on this day, in front of all this crowd, is like, hey, eat my flesh, drink my blood. They would have been scared. They would have been confused. Yeah? But they would have remembered back to what they were still practicing in that day. See, blood was involved in just about every, every bit of worship that they did. Every bit of church that they took part of. This, is, this was the system back then. Leviticus chapter 17. You can just listen to it. God says, I will turn against anyone, whether they're an Israelite or a foreigner living among you, who eats or drinks blood in any form. I will cut off such a person from the community, for the life of the creature is in the blood. I've given you the blood so you can make atonement, another big word, atonement for your sins. It's the blood representing life that brings you atonement. That's why I said neither you nor the foreigners should drink or eat blood. God sounds pretty serious about that, yeah? And then this Jesus fella, he goes and says, drink my blood. <laughs> and they're going to be like, what? Jesus takes things that they would have remembered and points them towards something they would understand, okay? A lot of talk of blood in the worship of the temple back then. Blood was sprinkled on the altar, sprinkled on their, their Bible, sprinkled on the people to make them clean. All right? It sounds kind of backwards. You get blood on you, you don't look clean, but there's that spiritual reality. It would help them be ready to meet with God, to talk with God, to pray, to interact, to worship. In the Leviticus text, there was a big churchy word. Uh, anybody remember it? Started with A and rhymes with atonement. Tim? 
Atonement, good, thank you. How's your Frosted Flakes? Delicious, good, they're fresh. Bag was open this morning. Atonement, all right, this is all going to tie together. The Hebrew word for atonement is kippur. Thomas, can you say that? Kippur. Yeah, you spray in Frosted Flakes, it's awesome. <laughs> kippur, the, the Hebrew word for kippur means covering, covering. All right. So God says, I have given you the blood so you can cover your sins. So your sins can be covered. When something's covered, you can no longer see it. Correct? All right. We're going we're to do a little, uh, I'm going to make this like, we're going to drive this home. All right. Um, who's brave? Sweet. Come here. Stand up. Yep. Let's pretend that Thorin has some sin in him and on him. All right? Whatever it is. Maybe he got mad at his brother, which may never happen. Maybe he gets mad at his sister. Maybe he talked back to his parents. Maybe he, you know, maybe he took somebody else's frosted flakes, whatever it was. Right? In the Old Testament, the practice with blood, atonement, that would cover the sins. Okay? So, go ahead and squat down just a little bit. There we go. Now, if... If the sin is more up here on him, can you see it? No. Why? Because it's covered. It's covered with the blood, or the, the blanket in this case. Okay? God was saying, I've given you blood so that I will cover your sins. All right? Got that? Got that mental picture? Thanks. Go sit back down. All right? Now, Jesus is in the business of taking things that the people would have known and then pushing them towards something that they would have learned. All right, back in our text, Jesus says, this is my, my true flesh. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. What's the purpose of, of the covering of blood? To cover what? Our sins. But now listen, sometimes, even if our sins are covered on the outside, is there stuff maybe inside that we don't see? Sometimes anger, sometimes, you know, harsh words, sometimes, you know, sin actually stems up from the inside. So Jesus takes the practice that they would have known, that they would have been doing for years and years and years and years, and he says, let's push this even farther. Let me push this into a spiritual realm. He said, you drink my blood, I remain in you, and you remain in me. Okay, another little word picture here. All right, Miss Connie, you want to help hand these out? Mr. Tim, do you mind grabbing a couple of these? All right, don't drink it quite yet. Guys, Mr. Tim, you've been eating a minute. You get to drink it. Miss Connie? All right, everybody got one? All right, what you guys can't see out there or online is we have 100% fruit juice. Okay, it's not blood. All right, but it's red. It's like blood. All right, so let, let, me, let me, we got this, right, the blanket, which covered Thorin. It covered his sins. But you could say somehow, and don't, don't email me and talk about theological things if I'm slightly off here, okay? Please. Uh, <laughs> What color is this? Red. Red. Smell it. Smells kind of good. Yeah. I wouldn't stick your finger in it because you don't know where your hands have been, but you've been eating your 
frosted flakes. So uh, you can taste this, right? You can touch this. You can smell it. So it would be earthy, correct? Now, Jesus is saying that if we, are, if we drink his blood, he's in us. So let's go ahead and drink this. Blood tastes like 100% grapes and apple juice. Yeah. So here's my question now. Okay. Do you see the blood that I just drank? You know, the juice that I just drank. Do you see it? No. Why? Say that again. One more time. Because it's in me. Okay. It's in me. And all of a sudden, you know, we talked about maybe there being sins that are inside of us that maybe the, the covering may have reached, but maybe, you know, it needed a little bit more work. All of a sudden, this blood is inside doing work. That's Jesus' blood. Uh, this points us to the reality that it's inside of us doing work. Okay? Forgiving sins. Cleaning us from the inside out. Remember, I keep talking about sacraments. Sacraments are things that are earthy, that you can taste, touch, smell, feel, pointing us towards spiritual realities. So in this case, with the drink, it's pointing us towards the spiritual reality that, that Jesus' blood has cleansed us from within. It's made us to where God sees us as without sin, which is really, really cool. All right? So, talking about, well, no, that reminds me of something. When we get, like, washed in Jesus' blood, it makes us clean, right? You ever heard the song, Nothing But the Blood? Adults, you ever heard that? Okay, singing it today might take a little different feel to it, but we're going to sing it, and I'm going to start it, <laughs> and then I'm going to turn my mic off, all right? The words will all be up on the screen. I need you to join me. And kids, you can sing this too, okay? <clears throat> what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
when Jesus is taking things that are real, that are earthy, like blood, he's pointing towards the reality that Jesus cleanses us, makes us white as snow. And this is what a sacrament is. Something that we can taste, touch, feel, that points us towards a spiritual reality. This, this text that we could see as scary is actually one that's phenomenal because it reminds us that Jesus did this so that we could be in relationship with him. And when we take communion, we don't have to be scared. We can be reminded that the bread points us towards God's sustenance, his provision, his daily taking care of us, and the juice points us towards the blood which cleanses us. Make sense? All right. Parents or kids, I'm going to have you go back to sit with your parents. I'm going to invite up Mr. Tim and the worship team. Um, parents, uh, you guys feel free to ask your kids questions. Like we're going to sing the, the, a verse or two of a song. Um, we're going to take communion together as a church. And I am fine with the kids taking communion. I'm, you don't have to be a member here. Uh, we just ask that you be seeking a relationship with Christ. If your kids have not taken communion and you're not ready for them to do that, that's fine. Uh, if they have and you want to remind them what it means, make sure you just talk through it. Um, so we'll sing just a couple of, of, of verses or a verse, and then I'm going to come back up and lead us in communion. Uh, you have little cups that are prepackaged that aren't near as good as Frosted Flakes um, or the 100% grape juice, but it's what we will use today, this sacrament, this tangible thing to point us towards a spiritual reality. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you gave us something like bread and juice that we can be reminded of this outstanding, mind-boggling thing called a sacrament that points towards you. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your, your healing, your forgiveness. I thank you that as a church we can remember that this morning. Spirit, would you settle on this place? as we sing, as we prepare our hearts to take this sacrament together. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.